greetings in Jesus' holy name. I have been so blessed this morning already. And uh, just welcome to each one. The, uh, the house is full. Um, I wasn't really looking towards the back, but I noticed some a younger couple sitting with the youth, and it's, um, I knew it was filling up. And so yes, bless you for coming. Um, it's an honor to have you all here. I don't know if you've noticed, it just touched my heart. Um, when Levon and Beth were sharing, you know, about the struggles, the trials they were going through, there were tears in the eyes, but there was a smile on the face. That's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And it's a blessing to have someone like that in the midst. So I was, I've been blessed already. And a welcome to all the visitors. It's, a, it's an honor to have you here. There was a man who borrowed a car from a neighbor. As a favor to the owner, he decided to fill the tank before he returned it. That big Oldsmobile station wagon had an ornament on the hood that said diesel. A sticker on the rear that said Oldsmobile diesel. And a note on the fuel gauge reading diesel fuel only. So naturally, he put diesel fuel in it, which was a big mistake, since the owner had recently converted it to gasoline. A little ways down the road, it began to sputter, choke, and then stop. So they had to drain the tank, clean the carburetor, We're a little like that car. We have human being written all over us. But we've been converted into something new, something else. See, we no longer use the same source of fuel that we used to. We now need a high-octane spiritual fuel is what we need. Now, if you try to run your new spiritual self on the old kind of fuel, it's not going to work. And there are a lot of Christians who haven't figured that out yet. They spend their time wondering why they can't get their spiritual life running more smoothly. Now, according to Ephesians 6, verse 18, the fuel for the Christian life is prayer. That's the fuel we must have, is prayer. You can turn to Ephesians 6. You know, prayer is the energy that makes it possible 
for the Christian warrior to wear the armor and to use the sword effectively. As you remember, we've been through the armor. Now, prayer is what makes this armor effective. We can be wearing this armor and we'll go down in defeat if we do not pray. The armor is practically worthless for us if we do not pray. As a refresher, I'm going to start in verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And here's why we need prayer. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. <coughs> stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now, praying always with all prayer, and supplication in the, in the Spirit, and watching thereunto, with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Then he goes on, and for me, that utter utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. We cannot fight this battle in our own strength. No matter how talented you are, if you try to fight the spiritual battle in your own strength, you will be defeated, as I have said. It's like the Oldsmobile. You'll sputter, choke, and then spiritually die. You will have no power because you're filling your tank with yourself and not with the Lord. So allow Jesus to drain your tank of self. Allow him to come in and clean your whole being. Clean that carburetor. Get all that carbon out of you. Get all that past trash, junk, garbage. Get it out because you're not going to run smoothly if that trash is still in there. I'm not saying you're going to be lost, but you're going to struggle and fight. And there's just this battle because... The enemy still has a foothold in your heart if that garbage is still in there. We have crucified the flesh with its desires and its lusts. We no longer follow those things. That garbage has to go. And Jesus Christ is the only one that can come in and clean it. We can't. Only Jesus Christ. You simply must be in contact with the one who gives power to his soldiers. 
every warrior must be in constant contact with the commander. It's through, for us, the spiritual war is through the ministry of prayer. That is how we are in constant contact with the commander. So we know what to do. You see, many times in the Old Testament, we read how victorious God's people were when they were focused on God. But when their focus became on self, or maybe they were selfish, or whatever, they were defeated. And that's the way it's going to be in our life. When we start focusing on self, when we start focusing on maybe each other starting to fight, we're going to go down. We're going to be defeated. So we should not be surprised that when we have finished this militant passage, that we now read about prayer, that he follows up with prayer. Now, one can put together a very concise doctrine of prayer from just this one verse. No, it's, it's, it's kind of a challenge to stand in front of you teaching or preaching about prayer. Because what I am about to teach, I will tell you, I am not there. I'm not totally there. I have placed much room to grow. And I'm pretty sure a lot of you. You know, don't pray like we should or could. And it's just kind of tough. So, we'll embark upon this time together where we'll talk about something we all together feel like we should and could do better. But let's join together in this quest to not look upon what we don't do, but let's look upon what we can do by the grace of God. Let's not look on what we're not doing. Let's, let's look upon the positive and let's see what can we do from here. Now, if you don't see the need of constant prayer, what do you suppose Jesus is doing right now for me and you? The only thing that I read that I found is Jesus is at the right hand of God interceding for you and me. He is praying for us and he's been praying for nearly 2,000 years. That tells me prayer is very, very important. And here, it's the last, I don't know, was it maybe five, six months, I've just had this burden laid on my heart and I've shared it with my wife. I've just said... There's something missing. There's something wrong. There's something that the church as a whole, we're missing something. We are not effective as we could be or should be. We're lacking something. I just sense that in my heart. And as I was studying this, it just poured into me, this is what we're missing. 
we're not praying enough. And to me, to know that Jesus Christ is up there interceding for me, he knows that Satan wants to sift me as, as flour too. But he's praying for me. That's comforting to me. Is there maybe something that we ought to catch that we're missing here? Now let's go to verse 18 and let's unpack it a little bit. I know there's more in there than what I have time to share. But first of all, let's see the persistence of the warrior's prayer. Notice how many times the word all is used in this passage. I've included the always. Praying always with all prayer and supplications in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplications for all saints. Luke 18.1 also says, And he spoke, spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. 1 Thessalonians 5 was also pray without ceasing. So what does it mean to pray always or pray without ceasing? Are we supposed to be these zombies walking around just muttering that we're praying all the time? I don't think so. Praying and prayer also carry the meaning of worship. You know, it means that we have a constant um, attitude of trust and communication with God at every moment. And one key word in there, too, is in the Spirit. Most of all, it's very important that we're connected with the Spirit so we can pray. The Spirit teaches us how to pray. So we need that constant connection with the Spirit. See, there's, I had a notion of uh, saving this for another message, but there's, on this one side, we have the spiritual connection. And on this other side, we have our emotions. Too many times our emotions over here affect our connection over here. And that's a no. This connection over here must be a constant. His spirit is constantly, always, witnessing with our spirit so that we know how to respond. When we respond in the wrong way, we're following our emotions and we're now no longer connected to the spirit over here. We can't allow that. We've constantly got to be connected with that spirit, which is always praying. We're connected. We're the same as we're buddies together. We're walking and talking together. And he walks with me and he talks with me. That's our always praying. We're always connected. We dare not let our emotions affect our connection by the Spirit. And it dare not leave it affect our prayer life. 
We need to be aware of God's presence. He is always present. Are we aware of it? You know, you are always available for God, and God is available for you. There's no question there. But it's, are you available for God? Now, if we're in constant connection, have you ever heard someone starting to pray, Lord, we come into your presence? I think I have already. But how can you come into a presence when you're already there? We should never have to pray, Lord, we come into your presence, because we should have never left that presence. Satan will use any and every device he can to keep us from praying because he knows that's our source of power and that's our only source of power is through prayer with the Spirit. He will cause physical fatigue. He will unfit us mentally for prayer through the cares and the burdens of our home or our jobs. You know, we're stressed out. I don't feel like praying. Or we'll come home, we'll just flop out. That's Satan working. If we're stressed, that is not from God. God will never stress you. He will try you, but stress comes directly from Satan to destroy, kill. Stress steals your peace. Therefore, you're unfit for prayer. Have you ever tried to pray stressful? It doesn't work very good. We can't concentrate. That's not what God wants, and it's not from God. We are too busy not to pray. Too many times we're too busy and we don't pray, but we're too busy not to pray. That's why we're stressed, because we're not praying enough. And when we wait till we have time to pray, we're hardly going to be praying because we're busy. So therefore, we have to take time. Prayer is the best. Take some of the time away from the good things you're doing and come over here and do the best and start praying. It relieves stress, guaranteed. So, when we feel least to pray, we ought the most to pray. And if we don't, Satan has already got a foothold in your life. He's already winning. Just because you don't feel like praying, so you don't, now you're listening to Satan. Prayer cannot be Prayer can't be the product of our emotions. Because if you only pray when you have time or feel like praying, very likely you're not going to have much of a prayer life. C.S. Lewis says this way, I have a notion that what seem to be our worst prayers may really be, in God's eyes, our very best. 
Those, I mean, which are least supported by devotional feeling and contend with the greatest disinclination. For those, perhaps, being nearly all, will come from a deeper level than feeling. It's when we just, you know, God, I don't feel like praying. You can tell him that, because he knows anyway. But I know it's a calling on my life, and I want that constant connection with you. And those prayers are music to God's ears. That's sweet smelling to him, that type of worship. I think what he's saying is, if we only pray out of our feeling, maybe that's not the best kind of prayer. Have you ever tried have you ever prayed to impress others? Have you tried to sound good? If it's not from your heart, God doesn't honor those. God hears the heart. We can be praying something, but we're thinking something different in our heart. God hears our heart. It's not the best sounding prayer is the ones that he hears. It's those hearts that are being poured out. Just honest. Don't care how it sounds. Don't care if there's a pause. It's just pouring out the heart. That's what God likes to hear. That's the ones that he answers. That's the ones that he is so sweet to him. And according to this, we should also intercede for others when we're praying. You know, we should be praying even when... when it feels like a duty. Because when we're praying that it's just a delight to pray, again, we're not going to be praying as we should. Being persistent in that prayer. Our prayer muscles need to be limbered up a bit. And once the blood flow of intercession begins, we will begin to feel like praying. We'll begin more and more seeing the need and desiring that relationship, that prayer time. We're desiring, we're going to make time for it because we feel and we see as far as our life, the way our walk, we're victorious while we're praying. If we have that constant connection, that's when we're walking in victory. But when we turn to emotions, oh, this would feel good, this would taste good, it sounds good all that. When we turn to that, we're no longer connected. He might be over here screaming, no, don't do it. And we do it. And what happens? Guilt, shame. We're just weighed down. But don't lose heart. We can always, we can come back. God is merciful. Don't give up. Sometimes we wish our struggles and temptations that cause us to pray would just leave. We're tired of these temptations, these struggles we're going through that drives us to pray. Would it really be good if that would if those would go? 
how much would we pray if we would have no struggles or no trials? I know for myself, it would probably be very little. I know for a fact, before I was ordained, I used to pray for the church, but not like I should have. I was not interceding as I should have. And today yet, there's days that I forget. And I don't want to be there. I want to be praying for every one of you every day, interceding for each one, for all the saints, not just even, not just here, for all the saints. That he gives us his wisdom, his power, his strength, his love, his desires. Now the real value of a persistent prayer is not so much that we get what we want, but that we become the person that we should be when we pray. That's more important. It's not so much that we're getting what we want, it's more are we becoming who we should be. Because prayer changes people. And the people that usually get changed by prayer are normally the ones who are praying. It's not always. We can be praying for people. But normally, when Christ comes in to that person and convicts him, when he's changed, he starts praying. Prayer changes people. So let's make prayer your life and your life a prayer. Okay, so we've noticed the persistence of the warrior's prayer. <clears throat> now we also see the possibilities of a, the warrior's prayer. What does it mean to be praying with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplications for all saints. I'll bring out that watching there on two kind of catches my eye, but I'll keep going here. First, we are to pray on all occasions. We pray in public worship. We pray in prayer meetings, prayer gatherings, and we pray at home in the private. Prayer, pray in both prosperity and adversity. There's always possibilities to be praying. Second, we are to pray in all places. So when we wake, we pray. We have these prayerful thoughts. As soon as we wake up, we have these prayerful thoughts. And that gets our day started in the right direction. In, the, in your vehicle as you're traveling, around the family table, at work, when, while you're working, in the restaurants, 
don't be ashamed. At home when you retire in bed. Just constant prayer. This is a little testimony. This is not to be tooting my horn. Um, being a swing man, you kind of at times get in places where it's not as desirable as some other places in working. You get in tight spots. You get in some hard rework. It's just, um, I think it was Friday. We had this unit that was messed up, so we had to take out a cabinet, and then the cabinet is smaller, so we had to cover the walls, we had to overlay. There's all sorts of holes in the wall, the wire coming through here, switches, and there's a cabinet to go around, and I had to overlay that with this sticky sticker, two feet wide, and going down, it's about five feet long, that piece, trying to get that in there with no wrinkles. And... Before already, I had repairs where I would just breathe a prayer, Lord, this is far bigger than myself, and it turns out good. And then that gives you more, and gives you more of a faith. So there I was, I said, Lord, this looks impossible. I mean, after all, why am I here? This isn't even part of our group. I'm just over there helping. And because they supposedly don't have time. So here I was, somewhat frustrated, but still praying, just, Lord, help me here. It's, it's got to work. And so about two hours later, I had it on. It took some time. I was wet with sweat. But I could leave the coach praising the Lord because you couldn't even see that I overlaid it. That's God. He wants to help us. But we have to ask. Third, we pray for all things. Pray for personal needs, family needs, church needs, business needs, governmental needs. We pray for all needs. All things should be bathed in prayer. We should be breathing prayers like we breathe the air. Just simple ones, you know, Lord, show me what to do. Or maybe we're caught in a situation. Lord, help me to understand what your will is. What shall I do here? Or maybe it's time to purchase something or whatever. This is, Lord, the money that you've entrusted to me, do you want me to spend it for this? Shall we go out to eat? Shall I buy this? Is this a good buy? Be connected to that spirit. Now, this all supplication, it simply means to ask. The supplications are requests. We're asking for something. James 4. I'm going to read, start in verse 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? Ye lust and have not. Ye kill 
and desire to have, and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because you ask not. You ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lusts. Either we're not asking, or sometimes we're asking with selfish motive, that we can consume it in our own lusts. But there's also times, I believe, where God sees the bigger picture, and he sees it would not be good for us if he would answer us in the way that we desire. Too many Christians spend their time worrying. They spend their energy worrying about things when they should be praying to God about them. Paul states, watching thereunto, with all perseverance and supplications for all saints. Are we watching thereunto? Are we looking for those possibilities where we can pray? Are we trying to seize those moments? Are we watching thereunto? What he's saying, watching thereunto, with all perseverance. We need to be that uh, watching Maybe I don't have it in here. That watching means to be awake, to be alert. <coughs> and how many times, let's say we're together, we have a, there's a prayer requ- request that comes, and then we pray, how many of us keep praying and keep praying, interceding, keep praying till we hear that it's released it's it's healed or it's it's accomplished that's persevering just the praying the ones leaving and nobody else prays anymore that's not pers- perseverance in prayer how many times i catch myself i don't get out that list and keep praying and keep praying till i hear it's accomplished that's persevering I fail. I'm preaching to myself. Prayer is a matter of personal discipline. We need to discipline ourselves that we find time and take time to pray. We have to take time to pray take time to be holy and exercise ourselves with godliness. No matter what it takes, we must persevere in prayer or we will fall out of communication with our commander then we'll become the casualty of war. Now, if you study the prayers of Paul in the scripture, you'll find he's constantly praying for the church. There was a time when he wanted that thorn in his flesh to be removed, where he was praying for himself. We need to pray for ourselves. But he was, con- he was so concerned about the church. While he was in, in bonds, when he was in prison, chained, he was still just praying for the church. 
that intercession with God for the church. He would ask God to grant them wisdom, power, love, comfort, and knowledge of God's will. And perhaps we also need to begin asking the Lord to help each believer put on the whole armor of God so that everyone, all of us, are ready to face the battles. Prayer is so crucial for our survival and success on the battlefield because we are on the battlefield. We're not on the playground. There's very few friends out there. There's a spiritual battlefield. There's a constant storm, turmoil. The Christian is built to run on prayer. So if he doesn't pray, he's not running. You can try to put anything else into that engine, that spiritual engine that you now have. The only thing that works is prayer. That's the only power source, the fuel. Do we see the urgency of the prayer? Do we realize the difference of praying and not praying could be heaven or hell? Do we grasp the urgency of praying that God opens our eyes of these lost souls? There's a sea of them out there. The majority are lost. Hell is real. And real people are going to hell. Do we see the urgency? Are we praying without ceasing? We have no time to just goof off. I'm not saying we can't go and have time. But let's stay connected with the Spirit and be constantly in prayer in our minds. We don't have to be mumbling and jumbling and acting like a goofball. It's more, it's, I can't really express how I feel. I just want to explode inside. There's such an urgency. The time is drawing nigh, and hell is so real, and we're hardly teaching on it. It's all glorious, heaven, glorious, glorious. I tell you, we've got to be connected with the Spirit. We must be born again. We must be praying. Or we're not going to make it. God is merciful, but He's also a just God. There is a line between heaven and hell.
Let's be praying always for all saints. Let's be interceding for each other. We all need each other. All the more. There's a great need. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you have given this message to me, that you've been teaching me. Father, I just pray that you would open all our hearts and that this takes root in our hearts, that we start to pray always. Father, there's an urgency in my heart. Because I know it's not your desire that anyone is lost. But we also know your word says that the majority will be lost. And Father, that's sad. So enable us, Lord. Open our eyes that we can see the one that you want us to reach out to. That we can make a difference to that person. The one that is open the one that we can bring in off out of those troubled waters who are drifting here and there have no purpose in life. May we shine our light. May your light shine so bright in us that we are the lighthouse of those lost out at sea. May we be constantly, always praying, Father. Remind us throughout the week. Touch our hearts. That we can be still and know that you are God. You are in control. We just need to trust you. And that we can have this constant attitude of prayer. Now you take our worries, our fears, all the things that stress us, upset us. We give them all to you, Lord. Jesus, for all the hearts that might have been wounded in some way or another, I just pray that you would Speak your peace to that heart right now. That you would touch that heart and heal that heart. That, that heart is whole. And that you are in the throne room of that heart. And that your peace rules each one of our hearts. May you be praised and honored and glorified today through this message. May we go forth and change, be changers of the community, the country, 
or abroad the world. That we can turn other people's lives upside down like Jesus Christ has turned ours upside down. But yet, it's right side up then. We pray in Jesus' name. We love you, Father. Amen.